Do you like counting and measuring? What sorts of things do you like to count or measure? Do you ever keep count of, say, how many laps you can swim in the pool? Or maybe you like those contests where you have to guess how many jelly beans are in a jar. Hello everyone, I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to Journey with Story. And for those of you who do like to count, this is our 100th episode. And today's story is all about an old man who loves to measure and count all kinds of extraordinary and unusual things. But before we begin our story, there are some very important announcements to make in honour of this special 100th episode milestone. Can you gather all the grown-ups around? Everybody there? Are you ready? First, we have a surprise guest this week. She's a friend of mine. She comes from Scotland, as I do. And she's a wonderful musician. To help us celebrate our special day, she has agreed to sing you a lovely Scottish song. So, let me introduce the wonderful Alison Kelman. I'm so happy to be here on Journey with Story, celebrating the 100th episode. She will be singing a famous Scottish song called Coulter's Candy. That was a type of candy that was very popular long ago in olden days Scotland. Now, some of these words are Scottish words and you might not know them, but most of you'll be able to guess what they mean. There's a couple like greeting, and that just means crying, and bobby, it's just like a small coin, like a penny. Ali bali, ali bali be sitting on your mummy's knee, greeting for another bobby to buy some cooters candy. Poor Reginie, she's looking off a thin, just a wriggle opens, covered our skin. Now she's getting a wee double chin, we soak in Cooter's candy. Ali bali, ali bali be, when you grow up, you'll gang to see. Markin' pennies for your daddy and me, to buy some Cooter's candy. Bonnie wee bairn is greeting te What can poor wee mommy do But give them a penny between them twa To buy mere cooter's candy Ali bali, ali bali be Sitting on your mommy's knee Greeting for a wee bobby To buy some cooter's candy Now, 
Wasn't that marvellous? Thank you so much, Alison. Mums and dads, if you enjoyed Alison's beautiful voice, she has a CD that you can buy on Amazon and it's called Heart in Exile by Alison Kelman. Are you ready for another announcement? In honour of our special milestone, we have some exciting news to share. A very generous sponsor, Proactive MD, are donating 100 of my books that are published by this Child Welfare League of America, CWLA. And they're going to donate these books to another wonderful organisation called Reach Out and Read. It's the work of like-minded organisations such as these who care about the health and well-being of our children and the families they serve that continue to make our world a better place. A thousand thanks to them. Now, at the end of our story, we will be announcing the winners of our contest. So be sure to stay tuned to the very end to hear who the lucky winners are. And, as I mentioned earlier, since this is our 100th episode, today's story is from one of my own published picture books. It's all about an old man who loves to measure and count all sorts of extraordinary things. And one day he breaks his glasses and cannot see to measure anymore. Let's take a journey with... Magnus Maximus, a marvellous measurer. Written by Kathleen T. Pelly and published by Farrar, Strauss and Giro. There once was an old man who loved to measure things. His name was Magnus Maximus and he lived all alone in a ramshackle house in a town by the sea. While other people there measured ordinary things like the width of a waist, the height of a child or the length of a foot, Magnus Maximus measured more extraordinary things. He filled his house with all kinds of clocks and scales, thermometers and barometers, and telescopes and periscopes. With his glasses perched at the end of his nose, he measured wetness and dryness, nearness and farness, and everything else in between. Magnus Maximus is a marvellous measurer, people said to one another. As well as measuring, Magnus Maximus liked to count. While other people counted ordinary things like pennies in a purse, buttons in a row, candles on a cake, stitches on a needle, or chocolates in a box, Magnus Maximus counted more extraordinary things. He counted clouds in the sky petals on a geranium, freckles on a nose, measles on a tummy, or raisins in a bun. After Magnus had finished all his measuring and counting, he would write everything down on a piece of paper and paste it like a badge onto the tree trunk or the donkey's ear, or whatever it was that he had measured. It is good to know what's what, who's who, and the long and the short of a thing, he said. And everyone agreed. Magnus Maximus is really a marvellous measurer, they said. One day, when a travelling circus was passing through the town, 
A lion escaped and paraded down High Street, swishing his tail and tossing his mane from side to side. People screamed and scrambled up lampposts. They skittered and scattered. They flitted and fluttered in a terrible dither. But Magnus Maximus marched right up to that lion with his hand held high. "'Halt!' he cried in a stern voice. Then he opened his bag and pulled out a tape measure and a stethoscope. "'Now sit still while I measure you,' he scolded. So startled was the lion that he did as he was told. Magnus Maximus measured the length of his tail and the width of his whiskers. He counted the number of fleas in his mane, and just as he had plugged in his stethoscope to count the number of beats in his heart, along came the trainer to take the line away. Word of Magnus and the line spread from town to town. He truly is a most marvellous measure, the people said to one another. They had a statue of him made and placed it outside the town hall. The mayor now declared him to be the town's official measurer at a special ceremony with balloons and streamers and a marching brass band. Even the queen came to snip the ribbon and give a speech. Everyone cheered and clapped and cried, Magnus Maximus, what a marvellous measurer! Now that he was the town's official measurer, Magnus Maximus had to measure all kinds of nesses, from the wobbly ness of a jellyfish to the itchiness of an itch. And every Saturday morning in the town square, he held a contest to measure all kinds of ests, from the floppiest ears to the stinkiest socks. The problem with all this measuring and counting was that Magnus Maximus forgot about everything else. Whenever he went for a walk, he was so busy counting the number of houses he passed or the number of cracks in the sidewalk, he never noticed the butterfly that danced by on apricot wings or the blackbird that sang to him from the shade of an elm tree. Whenever his friends invited him over to dinner, he was so busy counting the number of peas in the stew or cherries in the pie that he never noticed the smile in their eyes or the tears in their voices. Each night at bedtime, Magnus Maximus spent so much time counting the number of bubbles in his bath, bristles on his toothbrush, or stripes on his pyjamas, that he fell asleep before he could say his prayers or count his blessings. One morning, as Magnus Maximus stood in the kitchen counting the number of holes in a fishing net, he took off his glasses to rub his eyes. As he laid the glasses on the table behind him, up jumped his cat and knocked him to the floor. Crack, crack, crackle. Magnus heard his glasses crunch beneath his feet. Ah, no, wailed Magnus Maximus. Now I will have to go into town and buy a new pair. At the eye doctor's office, the doctor told him, I'm sorry, Mr. Maximus, but your new glasses will not be ready until tomorrow morning. Oh dear, now what shall I do? muttered Magnus Maximus. I won't be able to see to do any measuring. Perhaps I could go down to the sea and count the waves. So Magnus Maximus wandered down to the beach and sat on a rock. Just as he was beginning to count the rolling waves, he felt a tucking at his sleeve. There stood a small boy with his hand outstretched. 
Immediately, Magnus Maximus reached into his pocket and pulled out his tape measure. Then with a frown and a shake of his head, he remembered. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, he said. But I can't measure your hand without my glasses. But I don't want you to measure it, Mr Maximus, said the boy. Magnus Maximus scratched his head. Well, what do you want me to do with it? he asked. Why hold it, of course, said the boy, whose name was Michael. Magnus Maximus blinked three times very quickly. Then he gasped, a long, slow gasp, like the sigh of the sea or the wind. Oh, I see, he said with a small smile. And he reached out and took Michael's hand in his. Together they walked down to the edge of the sea. They peeled off their shoes and socks and pedalled in the water. Icy waves nibbled their toes as they shrieked and sang a silly song. They built a sandcastle with a moat and four turrets, and Magnus Maximus used his red-spotted hanky as a flag. Then he waved goodbye to Michael and set off home, whistling a jaunty jig. That night, Magnus Maximus forgot all about counting bubbles or bristles or stripes. Instead, he fell asleep, remembering the foamy white crests of the waves and the snugness of a hand in a hand. The next morning, Magnus Maximus rushed into town and collected his new glasses. He came back home again and began to measure and weigh and count, just as he had always done. But that evening, as the clock in the hall chimed six, he put away his rulers and scales, his barometers and thermometers, his telescopes and periscopes, and he tucked his glasses into his pocket. He made a pot of tea and a plate of sardine sandwiches, and he sat outside in his garden. Then Magnus Maximus, that most marvellous of measurers, crooned a lullaby to himself as he watched the sun set and the moon swell and the stars speckle an endless sky. Now, here's what we've all been waiting for. The winners of our contest are... Third prize goes to a little girl called Forest Fairy. And she sent me a beautiful drawing of Raj the Bookstore Tiger. And, Forest Fairy, you win a signed copy of Raj the Bookstore Tiger. Second prize goes to... Rosie, who is four and a half, and she sent me a drawing of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. You will be getting two books, Happy Mamas and Happy Papas. Congratulations, Rosie. First prize goes to Quentin in Australia in Fairy Meadow. She's seven years old. And she sent me a drawing of the little girl and the winter whirlwinds. Congratulations, Quentin. Three of my books will be coming your way. Your mum's just going to contact me and give me your address. You're going to win a Happy Mamas, a Happy Papas and an Inventor McGregor book signed by me. 
Congratulations to you all. Mums and dads, please send me the address so that I can send you your books. We do have runners-up and they are going to win some stickers that we have from our Journey with Story episodes. And the runners-up are Creed from Boston, who sent me the magic tree, Elsie, age eight, who sent me The Blind Man Catches a Bird, and she lives in California, and Bonnie Boo. She sent me a drawing and a video of A Blind Man Catches a Bird, and she lives in Australia. Well done, everyone. Thank you, everyone who sent me pictures, who sent me notes, and those mums and dads who sent me reviews. Thank you so much for your wonderful support of our podcast journey with story. And don't forget, if you want to hear this story again, along with seeing the pictures, you can hear and see me live on Instagram and Facebook at... 4 p.m. Mountain Time, August the 27th. So be sure and join us for that. A huge thanks again to our sponsor, Proactive MD, for donating a hundred of my books to reach out and read. Oh, wondering, do you think you know what the souvenir of today's story is? Remember, the souvenir of a story is that little nugget of truth about what it means to live in the world and be human. Yes, I bet you got it. The souvenir is, I think, the best things in life are not meant to be measured, only treasured. Cheerio then. Join me next time for Journey with Stories.